Hello, my praying people, and welcome back to our Truth About Women series on the Prayer Clinic podcast. For those of you who may just be popping in for the first time, this summer we have been digging deep into the truth about women, what the Bible says about women, um, how God values women, and we've really just been combating a whole lot of the enemies, deceptions, and lies in our culture today regarding what the Bible says about women. And we're nearing the end of this series. In fact, we have just three more episodes to wrap it up. And so um, if you love what you're about to hear now, you'll want to go back and listen to some of the other episodes. So uh, today I'm going to introduce you to Jackie Garner. And she and I are going to be talking about one of the words that I don't know, maybe some women love it, but I'm not one of those who love it a whole lot. And that word is submission and what the Bible says about women and submission. So um, kick back, relax, enjoy. If you really enjoy this episode, which I think you will, make sure to um, let us know how much you loved it. Subscribe to the Prayer Clinic podcast and be sure to share it with a friend who might also enjoy the message that we're sharing in this. So here you go. I can't wait for you to meet Jackie Garner. Hello, my praying people. I have already been talking to you about how excited I am about having Jackie Garner on the Prayer Clinic podcast today. Welcome, Jackie. I'm glad that you're here with us. Thank you. It's so good to be here. It's an honor. I am so excited and I have to tell you guys that I'm just the slightest bit intimidated by being the one that's hosting Jackie because I got to know her because she hosts a humongous, wonderful, amazing podcast that is called the Pastor Wife Life Podcast and it's a for pastors' wives, by pastors' wives, and out of that podcast, she also has a Facebook group where uh, that's incredibly active. Pastors' wives are really networking and encouraging each other, and her podcast is truly um, quite the dynamic ministry, and so I got to have the opportunity to be on her show one time, and I just love, love, love the way that she hosts her her podcast, interviews her guests. So here we are flipping seats, and now I'm yes. in the interview seat, <laughs> and you're in the guest seat. So Jackie is um, her husband is a pastor. His name is is Dwayne, and he's the lead pastor at at um, New Vision Church in Westmoreland, Tennessee. And Jackie lives about 45 minutes northeast of Nashville. All you listeners are going to laugh. Every time I have somebody on this podcast from Nashville, I have to tell you where they are, not only, I mean, from the Nashville area or Tennessee, where they are in relationship to Nashville, but also where they are in relationship to me. Because see, it's like, you know, where I am is where I measure everybody else from. So that would put, Jackie and I were figuring out just now about an hour and a half from each other because I live Mm -hmm. about 30 minutes south and she's northeast. So anyway, we're we're kind of neighbors, more neighborly than I was with some people I've talked to on this podcast. I, I, I consider us neighbors. Yeah, I do too. So Jackie's a mom of four children, two boys and two girls and seven grandchildren. Yes, Lord. Which, oh, it's so good. So Jackie, welcome. Tell us a little bit um, about you, something interesting maybe besides just, I just gave quick stats. So tell I us something. I don't know that there's anything <laughs> interesting about me, but- we moved, we, so we've been full-time ministry um, 
for 32 years. That's how long we've been married. And we, oh, wow. we actually got called to, I say, I'm going to say we, but my husband is a pastor. I'm just there. But, um, <laughs> we got called on our honeymoon by the pastor of the church that we attended wanting to meet with us about becoming the middle school pastors at the church. On oh my honeymoon. goodness. So we got married oh. in October and in December we started as, as middle school pastors and wow. I was 20 I was 20 and I looked like I was 12 and I constantly got told by the ushers, um, young lady, you need to go find your class. Cause I'd be out (laughs) trying to round up those rowdy middle schoolers. That's funny. And you need to go to your class, young lady. No, I'm 20. And I was, it would just make me so upset because I wanted to be a grown up, but anyway, yeah, yeah we, nobody tells, asks me that anymore. Nobody tells me. To oh my class. goodness. Well, now were y'all leaning toward being in the ministry prior to this or? Okay. Yes. My husband, yeah. told, I mean, not my husband, my, uh, the Lord told the me Lord. I was in my bathroom when I was 19 years about to turn 19. And I was trying so hard to not believe in God because God was not fun. You know, you oh. didn't get to do anything fun. And okay. I say that, like I was some rowdy person. I was not. Yeah. I was really boring, but, um, (laughs) I just thought if you, you know, follow Jesus, you couldn't have any fun. So I was like, nah, that's not for me. Um, didn't really grow up in a a house that went to church and I went to Christian Uh school, but that was because it was private school was better than public school. Uh So I was in my bathroom, 19 years old. And I felt the Lord speak to me and say, you are, why are you doubting me? I've Mm -hmm. always been here. You're going to marry a pastor clear anything I've ever heard in my life. Oh my goodness. That's so I figured so cool. I should start going to church and I did. And that <laughs> Sunday I met my husband. Oh my word. That's yes. crazy. So he was in the process of being licensed. Um, and we got, ma- he, he got licensed a few months before we got married. And then we got the phone call on our honeymoon. That is so cool. You were mm-hmm. literally called into it. That's, that reminds me of the story in the old Testament about, um, was it I, Isaac? Uh, they were looking for a wife for him and Abraham sent out the servant and he found uh, the one that was giving water to the camels. I think it was Rebecca, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, like, and yep. so it was like, they, it was all put together because God told you. And then the very next Sunday you met your husband. Yes. It's like, he was taking care of him at the same time. That's a, that's a very cool story. I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard you tell that yet. So that's cool. My yeah. friend, my friend, Jamie, she, that's a girl. I called uh-huh. her and I said, Hey, this is what just happened. I need to come uh-huh. to church. Can I go to church with you? She was the only person I knew that went to church. And she, so we went to church, went to the service. Yeah. We're in the parking lot. And she said, you know, do you care if I go say hi to the people in kids church? I used to serve in kids church. I was like, okay, off yeah. we went, met, uh, met, I met everybody in the whole team. And then we were walking out into the parking lot. And she grabbed my arm. And she said, that guy, Dwayne, he's going to be a pastor. Oh. And I was like, mm, whatever. Okay. Because I had a plan that I was going to go right. to Bible school. Uh-huh. And I, I was 19. So I was like, I was going to go to Bible school. And then I'm going to get married when I'm 23. And I'm going to have my first baby when okay. I'm 25. My second when I'm 28. And my third when I'm 33. Oh, you had it all planned out. Yes, even that, to the minute yeah. in time you were going to have those babies. Three of them. <laughs> So you ended up with four and you, I'm going to guess that you were married prior to when you said you would and had babies prior to as well. Did you? I was married at 20. And by the time I was 25, I had three babies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, good. And our, our fourth one came 10 years after the 
third child because we were in fostering, we were fostering and we ended up okay. adopting our, uh, one of our foster daughters. Aww, and so that's, that's our great. fourth daughter, Emma, she's 17. So my, my yeah. boys are, well, I probably should have did this math before I said that <laughs> anyway, 31, uh-huh. 30. 31, 30, and my daughter's 27, and then Emma's 17. Yeah, so, you, well, you you had your three kind of close together like I did mine, it sounds like, yeah. And the, then she came 10 years later, is yes. that what you're saying? Yeah. And let me, mm-hmm. it's a lot different when you're 35 and you get a baby versus, you know, when you're Ooh, young. Anyway. Very much so, very much so. So you just kind of grew up with these middle schoolers that y'all were pastoring. And, we did. oh my goodness. So we've oh done goodness. everything, like everything yeah. in church ministry, except maybe senior like senior adults. That's probably the only ministry we haven't yeah. been a part of. And we've uh-huh. been, we moved to Tennessee from Orlando, um, almost 11 years ago. And this is the first time he's been a lead pastor. So we've been lead pastoring for okay. almost 11 years here in, we went from big Orlando yeah. to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> okay. Because God is yeah. funny. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But we though. love it. I love, I love the country life for the most yeah. part. Uh, yeah, for the most part. And I'm we were just, I'm growing ahead. jalapenos. I'm growing jalapenos right oh, now. Oh, good job. I, good just job. Want, I just need that to be spoken. Okay. Are you going to make jalapeno jelly out of your jalapenos? If we get enough, who knows? Okay. I only yeah. grew three right. plants, but we have 14 pepper babies out there. Right wow. Now. Yeah. And they'll all come at one time. So you may end up with plenty of jalapenos. Yeah. I'm excited we- about it. Oh, been there before. <laughs> That's good. Well, my big gardening um, was not even gardening, even though we have a, a little garden in our backyard, but we bought chickens this year. So now <gasps> we are chicken farmers. Mm-hmm. My husband won't let me do that. In our little neighborhood. I think so far our neighbors are thinking they're a lot of fun. They haven't started producing eggs yet. So right now they're just, but they're really a lot of fun even without the eggs. So I'm yeah, excited. we're embarking I want on, them. The, uh-huh, on the chicken adventure. It's really, it's really been a lot of fun. So the main thing is you have to put them in and take them, let them out every day. So somebody's got to always, mm-hmm. you know, be there to help them. But anyway, well, Jackie, you and I are here to talk about our mutually favorite <laughs> subject in all the world. <laughs> I think so you don't like why. me. This is what I th- I'm like, she doesn't like me. She gave all the other ladies such cool topics. And then she stuck me with this one. Yes. <laughs> And so this is what we lovingly call the S word. And anytime you're doing a study on the truth about women, like we've been doing this summer and basing it on the Bible, knowing that the Bible is God's word, God's word is true. That's where our truth comes from as um, believers in Jesus Christ and followers of him. And so um, the word being, and honestly, it's probably the really the only truth about women that I was ever taught much or knew that it was out there. I didn't pay much attention when they were mm-hmm. teaching it to me is this word, this S word <laughs> that dun, is dun, submission. Dun. Yes. And so what does the Bible say about submission? Um, why is this, uh, is it controversial day? Why is it controversial? These are the things that we're going to talk about. And what's so fun is I, I probably did, uh, choose Jackie on purpose because I thought she's probably gonna think a lot like I think on this particular subject and I'm not saying that either one of us are being very biblically sound in our thinking but (laughs) we will try to be biblically sound in what our conversation and talking about what the Bible says and maybe just very honest about how that pans out in our in our lives and um, we might even get into a little bit of why 
why this is so important. One of the things, Jackie, that we've already talked about in this series throughout the summer is how um, women are made in the image of God. And, you know, the scripture in Genesis, it said male and female, he made God made mankind in his image, male and female, he made them. And that meaning that what makes us uniquely female is very much reflection of the image of God. And so even though we refer to God in a, in male pronouns and goodness heavens, I don't even want to get into that conversation of pronouns and all of that kind of thing in our crazy culture that we live in. But I, I, I remember it being controversial even many years ago because there was a translation of the Bible that somebody put out that was um, gender neutraling God, mm. you know, and I personally don't have a problem with that because I mean, with God being referred to as male, because I think the parts of a man, the image of man, meaning men, the gender and God aligned very well. I would uh, personally, I love the, the protective nature and the, um, mm -hmm. the surviving nature and the um, providing nature, like all of those things. I, I, I love obviously all that. But then I also love those parts of scripture that said, uh, one of my favorite verses is in Isaiah where God said, um, can a mother forget the baby nursing at her breast? Even if she could, I would never forget you. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a very feminine statement for God to make. Mm -hmm, and because mm -hmm. only women know what that is like. And women know that it's biologically impossible to forget the baby nursing at your breast. But we also know what it feels like to love a baby that nurses mm -hmm. at our breasts like that. So anyway, I love that because that tells me. And then the other time when Jesus was looking over Jerusalem and he said, oh, I feel like a, a mother hen just wants to collect you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and protect you in my wings. And so there again, he's reflecting, he, that's Jesus coming out of Jesus' mouth. And he's sounding very much like a feeling that we women can identify with. Mm -hmm, so I sure. guess saying all that prior to this conversation about submission and all that kind of thought has come in throughout the summer, but I think this is such an important um, subject and you can't have a series on truth about women without talking about what the Bible says about submission. I so. agree. I just wish it was another woman talking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you wish we were listening to it instead of having the conversation exactly. yourself. <laughs> My husband, I told him and he laughed. He just busted out laughing <laughs> when I told him. And yeah, I'm like, well, I good. think my, I might just got my feelings hurt. I don't know why you're laughing so hard about oh, it. That's hilarious, Jackie. <laughs> and the funny thing is the people don't know I'm about to tell them. I literally had to beg Jackie to do this podcast with me. So before I even go. knew what the topic was, I didn't want to do it. So <laughs> I know, I know it was funny, but here we are nonetheless, and we're going to have this conversation. So let's jump in by talking about what is submission? I think it's important for us to kind of try to define the, the term. And then why is the concept so, you know, one that we don't want to talk about? So let's talk about that. Actually, part of the reason I don't want to talk about it is because I totally accept what the Bible says about this. That's good. Um, and that's not very popular. <laughs> yeah, like, no, this is good. I'm glad. Yeah. But I've mentioned it at church. The ladies have just kind of looked at me like, oh, oh okay. okay, that's what you're going to talk about. But they all kind of know that I'm pretty, I guess I'm pretty sexist, probably. I don't know <laughs> if I should say that on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, like I, 
okay, I accept it. That doesn't mean I always like it, but, but sure. I accept it because I trust God. So okay. he knows what he's talking about. And That's good. <laughs> That's good. Do. But it, it is unpopular. And I think we've bought so much into the lie of, of everything's about us. It's about self. It's about mm. me. Yeah. And, we, and, and especially today, we're very, it's a very self-centered society. We're yes. very self-focused. We're very self-absorbed. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's probably been, that's just human nature and it's probably always been true. Um, but it's really, really true right now. I feel like, and that's, I feel like I that's one of the reasons it's so important. And it's just, the whole thing is, I don't know. How did we get to this point? I did not research this deeply enough. How did we get to a point where this was a bad word? Right. Like what, yeah, led, what, what led to this, but I'm sure what that's led like to it? months of research well, to try to figure that out. Yeah. And I'm not a, I'm not a researcher of cultural trends and that kind of thing, but I do think you've, you've hit the nail on the head by talking about how we're so self-focused in our culture today. I think that some of that is, um, well, that's a global thing going on in the world today, but in America, the, um, we cultivated a very individualistic lifestyle, you, you know, even in our, um, the papers, like the things, the declaration of independence and these things, it's, it's the rights of the individual and that, you know, began to be, and we pride ourselves in, in being able to be an individual, which that probably is a what do you call it when the the study of the of the decades you know this the baby boomers are like this the builders were this Mm -hmm. the millennials are this well it has gradually become more and more about the person the one person Mm -hmm. and so I think that's a big piece of it I think another cultural thing that might have contributed to submission being something that people do not want to entertain the thought of is um for women specifically was the kind of the rise of the feminine uh, movement that happened during the 1970s with the Roe v. Wade, which ironically mm-hmm. enough, just got overturned during this season of doing the podcast on this subject. But um, that gave Roe v. Wade um, the creation of birth control uh, methods that that were working. You know, all of these then gave rise to women saying, well, I'm not that anymore now, I'm this. And the this being not, I'm going to be all of what a woman can be, but I'm going to be what a man is. <laughs> to me, that seems mm-hmm. like a diminishing of our person rather than an, right. an increasing of our person in, in that regard. But yeah, I think those are some of the ways we got here. And when I think about the definition of submission, somebody, and this is not, I didn't look it up in the dictionary. This is an illustration that I probably heard somebody say sometime, but they said uh, the definition of submission is like when you're driving on the interstate and somebody wants to merge into your lane and instead of speeding up or cutting them off, you slow down and let them in. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good definition of it. So it's just yielding for a, to make way for another like, and that's in the, not the context of a husband and a wife. We'll talk about it, you know, in that regard, but that, that made a lot of sense to me. And I think the reason we don't want to do that is because it goes against the me first mentality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you hear, especially since, since 2020, you hear a lot of, um, nobody's going to make me do this. 
Yeah. There's, there's right. so much, uh, my uh-huh. rights and my, and uh-huh. it definitely uh-huh. hasn't helped uh, uh-huh. cultivate a biblical view. <laughs> no, it hasn't. Like, And, that, I, and I'm, I'm talking about the church and some of that. I mean, that some of yeah. that's coming from the church and from mm-hmm. quote unquote believers. Yeah. But I mean, the enemy, this is yeah. the enemy. He's, he started out with this. The very first thing he did was, was cause Eve to question and, mm-hmm. and I'll get into that later, but mm-hmm. she, she, he, he let, the, she let that doubt creep in with that question. D- did God really say, yeah, did God really say, um, and, and that, caused her to question what what she knew about god and then what's god holding back something from her and we're always afraid we're going to miss out on something yes or that, that somebody whole, else has it better yes that whole fear of missing out makes mm-hmm. you kind of scramble not to yield but to get out there and get in the front of that and and do that well let's do move toward what does the bible say um you know about submission and i like i like where you were going with uh satan's first encounter with eve in the in the garden. I don't know if that's where you want to talk about that or not, but that's good. Oh, I mean, he definitely started, and he started it with a woman. Yeah. And women, I mean, I think men also have an issue with submission. Uh It just comes, it, it, it looks different on men than it does on women, but it started with a woman and the Bible has a a lot to say Mm -hmm. about submission. And, and even when it doesn't use the actual words, Mm-hmm. it's it's an underlying theme because it has to do with surrender and yielding Ooh, the word right. you used was yielding and yep. you know you see all through the old testament the israelites had a whole big ton of problem um, yep. surrendering and submitting and all of that and you see where it got them it got them in yes. a lot of trouble yes. but i i really focused on the new testament when i was looking up words because of course that's where the famous verse um you know submit mm-hmm. wives submit to your husband's it's in the mm-hmm. New Testament. So I focused on the New Testament and mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try to say the word in, mm-hmm. in the Greek. Cause I don't, okay. I, I didn't, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's Strong's uh, number 5293. <laughs> oh, Strong's number 5293. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but uh, that word it's, it's used, it's used quite a bit in the, in, in the New Testament. And, um, it's not used the first time to say wives submit to your husbands. It's okay. actually used the very first time you hear that word is in Luke 2:51. And it says then this is right after Jesus got his parents all freaked out when he was in the temple and they had to go they left him in Jerusalem and they had to come back for him. So this uh-huh. is right after that. Then Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And it's the very that obedient is the very same word. Ooh, that's good. So Jesus, wow. Jesus, the Son of God, you know, he wow. was submissive to his parents. Yeah. So obviously it's not a bad thing. Sure. It's right. I mean, Jesus did it. His priority was his father. And at the same time, he didn't neglect his duty as a a son to Mary and Joseph. He placed himself in submission to them Mm -hmm. because that was his whole attitude. Mm -hmm. Because submission is an attitude. Well, and what I love that you have said, Jackie, is that it's not something that we just find in one place in scripture, and it's not always just related to women, Mm -hmm. but it's a theme that flows throughout. I mean, that is profound. So the whole um, 
posture of submission is an absolute core tenet of our Christian faith. A- absolutely. And as it, as it does. To, and another thing that you said that I wanted to jump back to and make sure that our listeners have time to really digest this is when you were first talking about, it, you said, I, I have no problem with submission in the Bible. You said, I accept it. I don't necessarily like it all the time. I accept it because I trust God. And I think that's at the root of mm-hmm. submission because obedience or, or Jesus, especially in that context you just said about Luke chapter two, Jesus coming under the authority of his parents and willingly submitting to that was him having trust in his heavenly father and the, the earthly authority his heavenly father had put over him at 13 years old. Cause you know, he, he wasn't just 12, he was 13 and he mm-hmm. was 14 and he was 15. Mm-hmm. Like he had a whole lot more Um, earthly growing up years before he was gonna set out on his public ministry and um, that speaks volumes I think to us in what is at the root of our resistance to a spirit of submission Mm -hmm. it's um, probably for a lot of us we struggle with the control that we're giving up Mm -hmm. you know because I feel more in control if I don't have to yield to you in fact, haven't you heard people say that sometimes they're like, well, if I do this, which is a more of a giving up posture in a relationship, mm-hmm. well, if I do this, then what if they do da, 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 you know, and it's something not pleasant. And I'm like, so you think by not submitting that you're controlling the outcome, like you haven't, right. that's what keeps us, you know, from wanting to have spirits that are submitted. Mm-hmm, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I have had people ask me that and I've said, well, it might, <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, I can't mm-hmm. guarantee. There's no guarantees. Right. Um, because it's not, it's not, a, it's not about your husband. It's, it's about, it's about God. I mean, yeah, that's it really good. comes back to God because you're, you're submitting to your husband as is fitting or as to the Lord. Right. So right. it says yeah. a lot. It just says a lot when you can submit, even even if. Because, and and the way I used to explain that is it's like a tennis match. And Mm -hmm. so when the ball's in your court, you're supposed to do something with it. And so when you have the opportunity to respond to your husband, either in submission or or not in submission, um, if you respond in submission and you're afraid of what he may do in return, you're hitting the ball, not back into the court where your husband is, but because you're being obedient to God, it's God's next move. Like you're hitting it back to God and God gets to decide, you know, what to do, what to do with that. That was one way that I used to talk about it. That's good. But the way that Tom and I used to argue when we were first married, we were biblical arguers because we were both seminary students oh, at the time. No. <laughs> and so we were both well-versed in Ephesians chapter five. And since neither of us had ever had any experience with being married before, we were trying to just be biblically astute with it. And so he would say, you're supposed to submit to me. And I would say, um, but you're supposed to love me like Jesus loved the church. And so when you love me that way, it'll be easy to submit to you. And I would, you know, posture it up like that and um you know in a no-win situation of course he knows he's not quite at that stage of life I, I mean now he um I feel certain my husband would lay down his life for me lay down his life for his children I mean wouldn't we you know mm-hmm. I would and um but 
at that time, it always felt like more of a stopgap that I knew I'd never gonna have to submit to him because he was falling way far short of that whole, you know, loving side of things. <laughs> <laughs> I, you like, why is this always brought up, but not the other side? Yeah, 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 there's, so true. There's a lot, but so Romans 8, 7 says that the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Wow. So our flesh cannot submit. Yeah. It can't. Um, and that so many people are living out of that realm. They're living out of their flesh. Yeah. They're not tapping into, we're supernatural people. We're, you know, once we're born mm -hmm. again, we're supernatural mm -hmm. people. And it's, we're either living by the flesh or we're living by the spirit. Yeah. And, and if you're having a real hard time submitting, then there's a good, good chance. I'm just going to say like 99.9% .9 chance that you're living out of your flesh. Yeah, um, and I, I am saying this because, uh, well, Leanne can see me, but I'm looking at <laughs> in, in my own computer monitor of right. myself as somebody yeah. who, who knows this well. Yes. I, I cannot do this out of the flesh because my flesh is unable to. Um, it has to be done um, through the spirit. That's good. That's good. And that gives you a gateway then to experiencing supernatural power, divine intervention, releasing God's um, kingdom on earth as it is mm -hmm. in heaven. Mm -hmm. The other day it dawned on me, Jackie, that um, the rules, the biblical rules, you know, and we we've been accused in this current chaos of a culture that we live in as Christians to be adhering to something that is old-fashioned, outdated, and extremely narrow-minded and judgmental and all that. I just can't live with all those rules is what people will say. Mm -hmm. And we both know that we don't live under the rules of the Old Testament. We live in the fulfillment of the law, which is grace and all of that. We know that that's where we come from, but I'm just talking about what people who don't know that are saying. Mm -hmm. Well, it dawned on me, these rules in the first place, the rules are never made to lessen you or to diminish you or to take life away from you. The rules that God gave us are to release us into yes. abundance of life. Like yes. what, what parent wants to stifle their child? What you want to do is release them to their, to live their very best life. And so I, I started thinking, I've always thought of the rules as what keeps me in, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, a child way of looking at rules, but as an adult, I'm looking back at it and I'm like, no rules are like those secret passageways that release you into a life that is so much more. And so it's almost like instead of being um, guardrails that hold their secret passageways, that if you choose to keep the rule, then you're going to receive the blessing of um, what's on the other side of that rule is way mm -hmm. more like what God meant to be. Here's my point in case sex outside of marriage. That seems to be a very old fashioned thing to say, no, no, don't live with anybody. Don't have sex with anybody that needs to stay within the covenant relationship of marriage. It's even 
uh, joked about. There was a movie made recently about, uh, you know, what the 40 year old virgin or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't recent. That's was probably 20 years ago now. I, but anyway, say. I know it's not recent. That was old, but it's still, you know, it's being teased about, which I took mm -hmm. offense at it when it was, when it was being advertised, I was like, gum, that's terrible that they're teasing about a beautiful sacred. And to me, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a passageway because mm -hmm. God knows that how precious and powerful he created sex and where it functions mm -hmm. at its um, intended purpose and so where it flourishes and does not damage but you can take the same gift use it apart from the rules God gave for it and then it becomes a very damaging thing I mean how many people have had extreme damage in their relationships and whatnot because of sexual, you know, we've got human trafficking, we got so much abuse of that beautiful gift. And the rule itself, though, is to protect you from the death of the, of the good, you know, Absolutely. of the bad. And that's how Satan has twisted, he makes you despise the rules, so that he can usher death into your path without you knowing that's what it is. And all the while you're like, I'm free, I'm free. And you're, and you're not, you've literally just chosen chains and, and consequences and pain and suffering and, you know, all those things. Of course, we, we got some of that too on the, there's just pain and suffering and all that in life in general, but that was just something I had. That's good I'd though, because about. that's a overall that's just an overall principle of God's guidelines are, are good. I, you yeah. like to go to the mountains. I like to go to the mountains. I don't know if you hike yeah. when you go to the mountains. Yes. Um, yes. Have you ever been in the mountains on a trail that has like a 7 billion drop on one side? You know, you've, mm -hmm. you're, it's, it's, there's a different experience when you're, when you're walking on a trail that has a big drop off to the, to mm -hmm. the side of you and no guardrail. Right. Right. Like, yeah, it practically par well i don't know maybe i'm yeah. just a, i i'm yeah. par it's like it paralyzes me and i mm -hmm. want to put my back up against the rock that's there uh -huh, and, on and, the other and side it's not yeah. fun it's no. like this is not a fun part of the hike but when there's a guard guardrail there mm -hmm. you don't feel that tension you don't feel that right. fear you yeah. can enjoy the hike you can, you can enjoy the journey so uh, and to me that's the way god's guidelines are that's good and that's what, and that really is this submission concept is choosing to trust God and, and consider the rules as, as, um, as what releases you to get to enjoy the, the ride. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to make up the rules. God's already done that for you. Let's talk a minute about, um, and it's not, I'm sorry, this is not on the pre, oh, uh, I'm getting off script one little minute, because I think it has to be said. What about people that are in relationships, a woman that's in a relationship with a man, and this submission concept has been literally used to um, contribute to abuse? So what is your advice for somebody in a situation like that? And, and are you speaking like from a church perspective, like they're, they're believers? In this kind of situation or they're not believers? yeah i mean i would think they would have to be i don't know if they're both practicing their faith so much maybe she is maybe he's not right. maybe he's using this scripture to make it okay to be unfair unkind you know to her that's the that's the family that my husband grew up in oh is wow they were believers they served in their church and um it was not good at home at all. Mm. It was mm. abusive. 
Um, and my, um, my mother-in-law, which she's passed away, uh, probably 12, 13 years ago now. Um, Mm -hmm. she was a sub, she was a submissive wife and she endured a lot, but that woman had the strongest prayer life of anybody I know. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it actually drew her closer to God. Yeah through all of that, but I don't know that that's the typical experience. I'm pretty sure it's not the typical experience because I'm sure you meet with people. We meet with Mm -hmm. people a lot that come in the church and they are not in a situation that would cultivate a Mm. joyful submission. And right. Yeah. That's, that's a tough, it, yeah, I, it is hard, especially when my flesh rises up and I want to be like, mm-hmm. well, you just need to tell no. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking mm-hmm. that I'm not actually saying it, but I'm thinking <laughs> these in some of these counseling sessions and it, it's hard because we want to be biblical women. We want to, we, I believe that if you're a believer, you want to follow the word of God. You may not like sure. it and you may right. not understand how to do it, but there's, it's in you that you uh-huh. want to follow the will of God and you want right. to be submissive. And of course we would absolutely, if there's abuse, physical abuse, terrible verbal abuse, we're going to say, you need to separate, not telling y'all to divorce right right now. You need to separate and you need to get out of the situation and y'all need help. Yes. Uh, um, And we always encourage our, our couples, you know, you come in and sit down and talk with us, sit down and talk with us, sit down and talk Uh with us. Uh For those those women, I, we have a, a lady in our church right now. She's believing so hard for her husband, they've actually gotten a divorce, but she is believing mm-hmm. that God has promised that they will, that he's going to restore all of this. I've never seen any, I've never seen such a woman of faith in real life ever. Wow. She's amazing. And I can't say she's been enduring abuse, abuse, but he's right. not a believer and he fights against that kind of stuff and he's left her and now they're divorced. And wow. she's so beautifully prayed through all of this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. asked me to pray with her. And I'm like, mm-hmm. You need to pray for me. <laughs> right, right. You're, you're, am, you. you're amazing. But through mm. all of this, she's always said, I just, I trust God. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think too, Jackie, that when we walk closely with the Lord, you know, I go back to the verse in John where Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and you are my sheep and my sheep hear my voice. And when I say, come, they come, you know, like when we walk with the Lord closely, we can have an intimacy with him where we know when it's, when it's time to move on. And when it's time to just press in Mm -hmm. and because I don't think God messes with us in a way that would um, make us hang on to something that that is never going to happen. You know what I mean? So I think just by his spirit. So I admire this woman's faith because the and and she's most likely linked to the spirit of god that's that's drilling that in her you know mm-hmm. i think sometimes we can put our heels in the ground and just resist because we want what we want mm-hmm. and even if um god is it knows like it's and god doesn't make people do this or that but he knows he knows what is going to happen you know exactly and, because he doesn't make people he knows right that. so he knows so he would know to say mm, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lift that burden a bit you just mm-hmm. need to move on like you need to grieve mm-hmm. this and move on mm-hmm. rather than press in and, right. and and wait so i think walking with god closely helps that but i also and i'll wrap this up and we'll move back to our to our notes but i I think it's very important, especially if there are women listening. It could be men too, 
that if you're in a relationship and, and again, you're going to know because God gives you conviction through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're being abused, like um, physical abuse is, uh, is not just hitting. It's, it can be choking, shoving, pushing, throwing things, mm -hmm. anything that's done physically to intimidate or, or sway with power over you, then our advice to you is to get out of that physically abusive mm -hmm. situation Definitely. so that this relationship um, can be healed. You can put it in its best place to receive healing from the Lord. And the same thing, if you're just being belittled all the time and you know mm -hmm. what that is, if you're not being built up, if it's always belittlement, I think the same thing, you've got to get out of the atmosphere of that that kind of a relationship has to stop so that a good relationship can um, come in its place. And I totally believe in the power of God to change both people to mm -hmm. be able to have that relationship, but it, it's not going to come while you're allowing it to continue to go on. Exactly. So. And, and I've seen miracles happen. I would definitely, mm -hmm. definitely, I always strongly suggest that find a godly woman mm. to talk this out with. Don't don't, yeah, talk to every, don't talk to everybody, but find, find one person that, you know, is solid in the word and that, you know, mm -hmm. will not just tell you what you want to hear, but they will speak biblical truth to you. And That's just because sometimes, you know, we it's when we're in the it's too, we can't see it because we're in all in the right. weeds there. We need, sure. we need somebody else who will stand with us, pray for us, pray with us. Mm -hmm. That's speak, very good speak life into us, because especially if you think, oh, it's probably not that bad. Yeah. Right. Uh, you need to find out from somebody else, give somebody else's perspective on that. Cause it, it, yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes when you're in and we'll move on, cause this isn't all about abusive relationships, mm -hmm. but I think sometimes when you're in an abusive relationship, it just so gradually gets really yes. bad that you're still kind of in denial and the people around you have been seeing it for a little right. while. And so you just think I would it's just, normal. Yeah. And I'm just saying to wrap this part of this up, it is not godly submission to subject yourself to abuse. That is That's not. exactly right. Right. Okay. That was the All best right, way you could wrap that up. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. So in the Bible, we're taught throughout, you said, and of course the, the key scripture for husbands and wives is Ephesians chapter five. Mm -hmm. And ironically enough, only one little piece of that is telling wives to be submitted to their husband. Much of that is talking about the responsibility of the husband and a whole lot of it is talking about how marriages are being, um, the reason that Paul is giving this instruction to marriages is so that a Christian marriage can be a living, breathing illustration of Christ's relationship with the church. Mm -hmm. any, any thoughts or commentary or comments on that, Jackie? I... I just, I'm always, I don't, I've not fully grasped that concept. I don't think I ever will while I'm living on this earth of yeah. how beautiful that picture is that he gives us. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why we only focus on that first sentence yeah. of that whole beautiful passage. Right. Because there's right. so much more to it than that. I was, I was talking to my husband about this and he said, he said, people just jump into marriage because of, of over emotional feelings and uh -huh. whatever. It's not 
uh, so many people don't get married because they recognize the ultimate purpose of marriage to glorify God and, and to be a part of his plan on this earth as a Mm -hmm. power couple, because Mm -hmm. there's something about, I mean, I know you've seen it in your ministry, just when a husband and wife are on the same page with God, like nothing can stop them when it comes to impacting the world. Yeah. So many people just jump into marriage without considering any of that. Yeah. Right. It's all feelings. And, and and I told Mm -hmm. PD, we call him PD. I said, I was like, I'm not, I don't believe in luck. Obviously. I just don't know what other word to use for. I was just lucky, except I wasn't Mm -hmm. lucky. It was all God that Mm -hmm. I found you because I never thought about that stuff. I didn't even know I was 20 years old. I didn't know anything about anything. Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful that we are on the same page and, yeah. and, and that we can, my husband does, this is how he treats me. So mm-hmm. I'm very blessed, Yes, which That's makes beautiful. it obviously easier for me to say, Oh yeah, submit. <laughs> I'm all because, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I don't have, I, you know, for the most part, he's not asking me to do anything I want to do. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I was well, like, I- I think that that was a good point your husband made. People just get married and and I'm going back to what you said at the very beginning of this podcast being that we're a very me-centered culture. And so most people get married because he makes me feel good and I like being with him and we're good together and this relationship is good. And so it's all driven by me, me, me. And we're a little bit like what the Israelites became like. They started taking the favor of the Lord for granted Mm -hmm. as if it was just theirs to receive. They became consumers of the, of the favor of the Lord. And from the get-go, the Lord intended for them to live their lives missionally. I want you to be a light to the rest of the world. I'm going to mm-hmm. show the world what, who, what I'm like, what I am willing to do for them as they watch what I do with you. And so he wanted the Israelite nation to live missionally, to live on mission. Mm-hmm. And that's what he wants us to do. When he stay here in Jerusalem, Jesus said to the disciples, stay here in Jerusalem And they said, oh, are you getting ready to overturn the Roman Empire? They didn't say it exactly that way. But if you go to Acts chapter one, you can read the whole thing. And he's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, I'm telling you to stay here until the Holy Spirit comes and then you will be my witnesses. Well, I had always heard thought about that since the time I sang the songs about it in youth choir years eons ago that that meant that I myself was going to go out and and with my mouth share you know, truth and Jesus and all we're being witnesses right now. It's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But what dawned on me the other day was he meant that when you get filled up with the spirit of the living God, you become supernatural, like mm-hmm. what you just explained, then literally everything you are is a witness to who I am. So your marriage, your parenting, your, um, the way you decorate your home, you know, how you spend your money, what you do in your free time, what you're doing for the church, what you're doing at work, everything about you bears witness to who I am. And I was like, oh, that's big. Mm. Like we will be witnesses and we're either going to witness to the glory of God or our lives are going to profane the name of the Lord mm-hmm. by not living the way he would have us, you know, the way he is. And that would be, you know, the flesh that's always there to try to win out over the spirit in us. 
So I, I, I just went off on all that, Jackie. I don't remember where I started from. <laughs> no, neither. It's <laughs> something to do with submission, I know. <laughs> I don't remember. But um, no, I think it was the, the me-centered lives. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mission. That's what it was. And then thinking about our marriages in Ephesians chapter five, that's what he's saying. He's saying every Christian marriage then is a witness. Every Christian marriage is to bear witness to how much I love the church and how the church responds to my love. Mm-hmm. Now that's a pretty weighty thing. I, I do a lot of premarital counseling and I haven't actually added that in. I may have to add it in because that's key. Yes. You know, like that, that, that puts your marriage in a totally different perspective. I'm not trying to succeed in this marriage because I want to succeed and I want this to be good. I'm trying to succeed so that the world will see who God is it's and how demon- much he loves Yeah, us. it's a demonstration yeah. of who God is. And people notice strong marriages. Yeah, they do. They do. That yeah. is, I mean, everybody wants to ask the couple that's been married for 65 years, you know, how do you do it? Yeah. Everybody right. wants to know that and seeing, um, uh, a couple who, who loves Jesus and are, I mean, obviously there's no perfect marriage at all, right. Um, right. but you can tell the kind of people who, when you get to know them, some people can put on a real good show, but you can tell when you talk to people mm-hmm. where their, where their focus is and yeah. Right. You can. None of us are going to do it perfectly right all the time, for sure. Right. Right. But you can tell those people that are pursuing God in yeah. first above all else. And that trickles down into our marriage. It does. Into every relationship that we have. And I think especially in our marriages, because that's such a challenging relationship. And that's the person that you most likely would be closest to if it's mm-hmm. being, you know, lived with the priority that I believe that um, scripture places on it. And so, yeah, I think that is, that is so. So anyway, just to wrap up Ephesians five, it's really more about, um, being living missionally. And if you notice, I think an important little addendum is before any, uh, anything said about the wives to mean to your husbands, the very verse right before is submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So it's a, it's a submitting, you know, both of you yielding your own desires for the other and wanting to be looking out for each other. Don't you, yes. don't you think of it that way? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I see submission as it, it's each of us individually understanding who God is, of course, understanding our own identity and taking our place in God's plan. Oh, that's good. And then That's if really everybody's good. in their, in their lane doing their thing, yeah, then we're going to bring glory to God and That's it's good. all going to go smoothly. I mean, usually what, I mean, I don't know a lot about football and I'm about to show how much I don't know about football, but <laughs> like, it's all, you know, the quarterback, you always hear like, well, only cause that's the main person I can think of right now. I don't really <laughs> yeah. know all the other titles, but the quarterback, you always hear about the quarterback. Yeah. Well, the quarterback would be nothing if it wasn't all those other backs. I don't know what yeah, they yeah. are, but <laughs> all those guys that protect him. Yes. And, and the, and the, okay. So that is when you're on the offense, mm-hmm. right? You have the quarterback. I don't know. I could be talking crazy right now. No, that, you have, you're making but, sense. And then you have the offense and defense without all of that working together and everybody doing their role. If everybody said, oh no, I'm gonna act like the quarterback right now. Well, yeah. you're not going to win a football game like that. 
Right. But the thing is, is that when all of it works together and everybody is in their role and you win the Super Bowl, everybody gets everybody a Super Bowl wins. ring. Right. Everybody. everybody because yes. everybody followed out, walked out their role. Yes. And everybody did their part. And you don't, you, I love that. That is so key that you know your identity, who you are, what you're here for, and how to glorify God in your lane. And then it's all working together. That's so, yeah, that's good. If that's we could good. Stop worrying about what everybody else's role is and focus yes. on what God has given us. Everything yes. would go so much more smoothly in yes. life. That's so good. So good. Well, and I think the scriptures that Ephesians 5, I just flipped over to your Colossians 3, 18, which is again, wives submit. And the very next verse is husbands don't treat your wives harshly. I think some of these verses also were spoken in the context of the culture they were living in, in that um, women were queens of their castles, but that was the extent of their societal contribution. Mm -hmm. All the rest of the world was being operated and run by men more so than women. Because the women, their primary role was to marry young and produce um, uh, legal offspring, you know, the offspring mm -hmm. for that family line. Mm -hmm. That was the important thing to do. And so they did take care of their homes, their, their, their places. But I would think that because of the way the scripture is written and because of what I've learned outside of uh, just understanding the culture of the day and the nature of sin is that because women are um de were by this time relegated to the home men in our selfishness men could have been treating their wives harshly and no one even knew about it because it was like taboo i think that's happened many times through the years that there's been harsh treatment and it's just we don't speak of these things and so women are suffering in silence and so for paul to be bringing this out he's addressing that social issue He's saying, men, don't be so harsh. You know, don't be harsh with your wives. But then I would think he's also saying to women, he's just talking about the order of society and that it first for it to work the way that it's going to show Jesus, this is the way that it works. You know, husbands over wives, wives over children, everybody mutually cooperating with each other from mm -hmm. inside their own lane kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of wonder too, if, I mean, it tells the husbands to love their wives. Oh, that's good. Is yeah. it because like, you don't have, there's certain things you don't have to tell me to do because I just naturally do them. So you okay. like, you're not, like, you're not going to think to tell me, I can't think of one example. I just, this is what happens when I try to think. Well, for me, it would be like eight your ice cream. Well, oh, okay. okay yes. I got that. Yeah. Like, you're not going to have to tell me that. <laughs> right. Um, but you may need to say, Hey, you need to have some, some healthy carbs with that meal there that you're eating yeah 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 right you're gonna uh -huh. you're gonna need to tell me that because i'm not uh -huh. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna eat the meat because i love the protein part but i don't right. like i don't like healthy carbs they're no fun but <laughs> um, so you're gonna tell me that but you're not gonna say hey don't forget to eat your hamburger right 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 i'm gonna have right. done that i mean yeah. that's just me I, that might not apply to anybody else but so is it possible that that he's wording it in this way because it's easy for women to love we're just loving for the most part, I think women just love. That's not yeah, a that's hard good. concept for them. That's good. But I clearly so submission is. Right, right. And then I read a book called um, Love and Respect, I think was the name of it. I'll have to look it yes, up. And put yes, yes. Uh, and the author was making the point that when women respect their husbands, like 
if you ask a man, what would you rather have love or respect? Then their answer was, what's the difference? So the mm -hmm. respect is the way men feel loved. Yes. So it's really a command for both to love each other and the way that it they really can is. understand. Yeah. So that's when we respect that's an excellent them, book. Yeah. That was, I'll, I'll look that up. Em so I can Emerson, I don't know how to yeah. say his last name, Egeret. I don't know. Yes. I just butchered it. I knew it was something like that. I'll find it. I still have it on these books. So good. I'll find, just put it in the notes. But yeah, that was, and I think that's another part of that too. But I do believe that it's just this missional mindset that we're living on mission. Our lives are not our own. When we yielded ourselves to the Lord, you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to show you how to live every aspect of your life on mission. Yes. And that includes you know, your, your marriage, your parenting, the way you run your home, mm -hmm. your, your, you know, all of it, every aspect of your lives, um, missionally. And so, yeah, it's, it's our, Ooh, I'm getting too convicted. Let's move on to something else. Okay, here we go. So did you, um, how about the biblical concept of submission and how it maybe has been misinterpreted throughout the history of the church or the history, yeah, of the Christian, the quote, Christian world as the church became the, the Christianity kind of became the driving force of the Western civilization. I think so many people think it's about control. It's about being controlled. It's not. And okay. it's not, it's submission is, doesn't mean that the one submitting is any less than the person they're submitting to. Right. It doesn't mean that right at all it's again it's about each individual walking out their purpose yes that's good yes i think that's a big lie that helps that the devil uses mm -hmm. to try to get people to have disdain for submission that it means the person that you're the person that's submitting is lesser than yeah. the person being submitted to that's yeah. simply not true not true because mm -mm. Jesus submitted to his parents. I love it. And then in the garden, Jesus is praying, Father, take this cup away from me. As he's right. about to face the most horrific death imaginable, please right. take this away from me. But nevertheless, not yes. my will, but yours. Yes. And there's the submission. Yes. It's, Just yielding himself. That doesn't mean that. God is controlling him. I, I right. mean, he could have at any moment said, okay, I, I'm just, just kidding. Angels come get me. Let's go. Yeah. I'm not doing this, but he didn't. Yeah. He, he, what he was surrendered. He was submissive to the father in that for the, for the greater purpose. I love that. And, and the enemy, you know, he's all, all about trying to kill, steal, and destroy what our purpose is. So mm -hmm. of course he, this is a hot button. So uh -huh. he's, he's had thousands of years to, yeah. to craft his attack on this. And mm -hmm. so somehow we've gotten the idea that somebody being a, a leader over us is a yeah. bad thing. Right. Personally, I like the fact that I'm the pastor's wife because uh -huh. the buck does not stop with me. That's right. <laughs> I can pass it on. Thank you very much. That's right. So yes. I'm like, oh yeah, just go talk to me. You need to set up a meeting with my husband. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, it's not on me, buddy. And my husband will 
will take care of it because he is the head right. of the church. So right. I mean, Jesus is the head of the church. But <laughs> I got that. Dwayne is in charge of new vision. He's stewarding new vision. But he's the one right in that leadership role. And with leadership comes responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so a leader who loves the Lord mm -hmm. is going to not handle that lightly. He's going to know that he has the responsibility of the well-being and the and the releasing of the giftedness and the talents and all the people mm -hmm. like that's what he's trying to create mm -hmm. as an atmosphere for that to happen. But it is such a. Um, a uh, peace of mind to be able to function under a good leader mm -hmm. that where you know you can hone in on what you're good at and you don't have to worry about right. what he's got to worry about. I think sometimes it's insecurity and um, mm -hmm. confusion over who we are that makes us yes. think, well, since they sit in that seat, they're better than me or they're, you know, um, more prized or more valuable than right. me. And that's what we have to communicate that it's not. And I totally get that where the buck stops here because we're a multi-staff multi church and many pastors lead their area of ministry. But ultimately, my husband being the lead, they call him the, like a senior pastor, but him being the senior, they can all operate and even maybe disagree and you know, with how I'm just giving the backside story of what goes on at church and mm -hmm. staff, but you know, you can even argue over how much money you're getting of the budget, all these things, mm -hmm. but where he sits, he has to manage all that. He has to look at all of it. He has to make sure things are equitable mm -hmm. across the, across the board. And it, I used to see that as, oh my gosh, it might be good to have all that power, you know, but it's not like that at all. Instead, you're releasing everybody else who's working to be totally empowered to do their thing because you're taking care of all that. Mm -hmm. And to be quite honest, my husband's headed toward, we're in transitional mode in our ministry, been at the same church for 33 years. And it's, it's not um, a secret that we're in transitional mode. And the thing that he's looking most forward to being able to pass on is this very thing, because it is a heavy burden that you're the guy like what well, that's what we say you're the guy like that's mm -hmm. why you sit there you're the guy and he's like you just don't even know how happy I am that I'm going to be handing that over you know in the near future mm -hmm. and not have to do that anymore so I think it's a it's a load too for people that are in positions of leadership and so we as wives think about that with your husband I mean he has the burden of that He's mm -hmm. got the, and he'll be the one, right? Does the scripture say somewhere? I shouldn't even bring this up publicly, oh, but um, where it says that your the husbands will give an account or, or your prayers are not being answered because of how you're treating your wives or something in there about that. I will have to look that up. Look that up. I'll look it up. I'll look that up. Because I do feel like that sounds familiar. Yeah. And it's not saying that to the wives, it's saying it more to the husbands. And I think that's why, because husbands being in that leadership role, then they're the ones responsible for the well-being really of their wives. And so, you know, I would hate to be a husband and get to heaven. I've lived my whole life as selfish as selfish can be. And I had this amazingly creative wife who never got to expand and live up to her potential because of my selfishness. And then I have to give an account for that. Like, you know, that's just a sobering thought. It really just is. Saying. Just saying. All right. So, um, okay, here comes the, well, we kind of asked it, um, talked about it a little bit a, a minute ago, the mutual submission. I had asked you a question. So, well, so what is this mutual submission? Like both of you submit one to the other. Was that, 
does that look like? <laughs> okay, so on my paper, I wrote, I have one word. It says it's, and then I and never it. finished it. <laughs> it's dot, dot, dot. Yep. I'm just going to wait for that inspiration. <laughs> because we all, everyone is called to be submitted. We're all, and we all okay. are submitted to something, even if we don't recognize it. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, all right, admit it. It yeah. might be a, you know, somebody, I asked this question. I asked what does submission mean, or what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word submission? I asked that uh -huh. on my Facebook page. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, on my own personal Facebook page. And I, right. I got a lot of churchy answers. Mm -hmm. And then I got one that said, he's a, he doesn't go to our church. He's a friend from a long time ago. And he said, uh -huh. so, uh, so talking about, yeah, I'll submit to God. Yes, police officer, I will submit to you. TSA yeah. guy, I'll submit to you. And uh -huh. a couple other things he said, but the federal government, nope. And yeah, I was, like, I was like, no, buddy, that's not what the Bible says. But anyway, um, okay, yeah. why did I even say all that? I have no idea. Oh, I was saying we're all, we all are submitted to, right. to people and we need to, we just, we need to recognize that because we are. Um, sure. There's certain guidelines. And if you follow the guidelines then you're submitting to them, sure. so you, you right. can do it. You can be submissive, but mutual submission. It's interesting. Cause I look, I Googled this. Cause I was like, all right, I need to, I need to start thinking about where, what I, um, not that I don't understand what you're asking. Cause I do, but I was like, what do uh -huh. I think about it? I don't know. <laughs> so I, then I was sorry. I Googled it because it was like, the mutual submission is not a thing because, uh -huh. um, we are to submit to Jesus, but Jesus doesn't submit to us. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's not the question she's asking me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's right. I mean, cause sometimes you could use this question even as a resistance to <laughs> the hierarchy because mm -hmm. like even, and that is how we've used in our flesh. When we go mm -hmm. to Ephesians five, you know, mm -hmm. we always want to point out what well, says mm -hmm. we're supposed to be mutually submissive to each other, which basically just kind of would mean in the, I'm just talking like, um, you know, sitting around the kitchen table, just chatting. I would say that would mean well, he and I are going to talk about it. We're going to negotiate. We're going to, we're going to work it out. We're going to come mm -hmm. to a mutually acceptable right. solution. And I do agree with that. I think when you're making a major purchase in your family or something mm -hmm. that's going to really affect everybody's mm -hmm. lives, of course, don't just railroad that and do right. it in the name of, you know, the Bible, you have to submit to me and do whatever. I don't care what you think. Like that is biblical um, leadership in the home, but um, the, the, the fact that we all, I think you made a good point. We're all submitting to something. So we're all being submissive. And even those of us who may live outside and just outside the boundaries, you know, those that have said Christianity is no longer for me. I, I've got no need for that anymore. I'm freed up. There is no sin in my life, but you're still living in submission to whatever you put into your body, whatever choices you're making, you're, and you're going to live with the repercussions of that. Like we all live under, you know, various authorities and we all live under the authority of the law and all those things are for our protection, but, or most of them are, but I think of it really as, um, well, the love comes back into the degree. Why can we submit to God, even when we don't understand, or we don't like what's going on? It's because we trust him, mm -hmm. right? Like we trust him. And then we, with a husband-wife relationship, the mutual submission would be 
a scenario. You know, he gets a promotion. He wants to go move the whole family, do this whole thing. It would be instead of him coming home saying, oh, this is what we're doing. Y'all pack up your bags. Let's go. He would come home saying, wow, there's an opportunity that I want us to start praying about. And then together y'all pray about it. And then you weigh how that's going to affect every child you have, you know, and you Mm -hmm. pray through it together. And then even though ultimately he would make the call, he's not making it, even if the wife still wishes it were the other way, she's going to go along with it because she knows he really cares Mm -hmm. and y'all have worked through it and you've prayed about it, you know, that kind of thing. I think that's what it would look like in a, in a marriage relationship. And those are the best opportunities to grow in your trust of God. Absolutely. I say that with a smile on my face, but I mean, this like when we came to this little tiny town in Tennessee, Uh my husband, when he told me about it, I was like, no, I don't think that's where God's calling us. Right. Because I had my plans. I had ideas on where I thought God was calling us. Uh And it was not to the middle of nowhere with a town that doesn't have a McDonald's or a Walmart. Oh, wow. You're talking really tiny now. Now that we know that, that's a whole new perspective on your tiny town. (laughs) 2,200 people. So I was like, no, I I really don't. And I I prayed. I said, God, you've got to change my heart. If this is where we're supposed to go, you've got to change my heart because I don't want to go. This sounds terrible. I don't want to go. I don't want to go there. And he did. God God changed my heart because I... I mean, that's a big deal to move. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. It is a big deal to move. I mean, it, we're, we moved, you know, 14 hour drive away from everything that we knew. And that's a big deal. And so I didn't want to get it wrong. And I didn't mm-hmm. feel like my, I didn't feel like I wanted to live here. <laughs> right. Right. And, right. Uh, and I said, God, you're going to have to change my heart. And, and my mm-hmm. husband knew that I was not super excited mm-hmm. about it. I told him I will go wherever you feel like, right. like God is telling you to go. And I'll be honest, it wasn't, that wasn't really a submissive statement. It was, mm-hmm. dude, if you screw this up, it's on you. <laughs> yeah, there is that too. That really was boy. my yeah. attitude. It was not a submissive heart for sure. Um, <laughs> fortunately, this is where God had us and he totally changed my heart. So I wow. mean, not to say that every day I'm like, this is the greatest place ever, but, right, right. um, Every once in a while, I just want Target to be five minutes away. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be too much to ask. Well, you never know. It might come. Even just a McDonald's Diet Coke. God, it's just a McDonald's. <laughs> Why can't I have a McDonald's? Still, 10 years later, no McDonald's. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's a bunch of Whataburgers going up all around. Are y'all going to get one of those? We are. No. <laughs> but <laughs> we've got one about, it's about 30 minutes away. That's good. Well, you've already closer than we have. We're about to get one. It'll be like in 2023 though. So yeah, yeah. That's yeah, we, we went the first week they opened. We absolutely went. So. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> okay. Well, back to our wrapping this up kind of thing. Let's um, leave our listeners with what, um, what does, and I think you gave a good description. Well, maybe you gave a very honest description of this then, but what is a, what does a good submissive wife look like? I think it always starts with, um, knowing God mm-hmm. and being surrendered to God That's and good. you have to trust God to, yeah. to surrender, to be submissive to God, but you have to know God to trust God Ooh, to that's be submissive good. to God. 
So good. You can't yes. know about God. Knowing about God's not going to do it for you. You, you really yeah. have to experience God and you uh, to trust him. That's good. And, and, and then you, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. You have to, you have to know who you are in Christ. Yeah. Um, before you can really be a submissive wife. If you have those two things down, the rest of it's going to be so much easier, but you do, you have to see things from a kingdom perspective. That's good. That, you know, the world does not revolve around you, that there is a kingdom Mm -hmm. agenda in place. Mm -hmm. And if you Mm -hmm. can see that, if you can live from that perspective, it's going to make all the difference in being uh, a submissive believer or a submissive uh, Mm -hmm. wife, all of that. Um, and like we talked about recognizing what the ultimate purpose of marriage is, we are here to mm-hmm. bring glory to God, to demonstrate mm-hmm. the glory of God. That's and good. we have a mission. We are go make disciples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I think a submissive wife never forgets that we are on the same team. That's good. We are not against each other. We are on That's the good. same team. We all get the Super Bowl ring. Right. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter who did the thing. We who did the That's winning right. play. We all get the Super Bowl ring because we're on the same team. Um, and I think Mary, mm-hmm. the mother of Jesus, um, she she demonstrates submissiveness so beautifully uh. because she's when the angel tells her all this crazy stuff that's going to turn her life completely upside down and And you have to think that she knew there was a sense of people are not going to believe this. They're not going to understand this, but her words are, I am your servant. May it, may it be according to your word, that humility that she had to take that on. And, Mm. and I think we have to be so careful because the enemy is always after us. Yeah. Started with Eve and he hasn't stopped and we can't, we have to refuse to allow him any access into our thought life. Mm, that's good it's yeah. not easy but when we mm. when we lean into god his voice we're going to hear it and and then yeah. we're, we can recognize but you have to know god to know his right. voice it's good like, if there's a bunch of voices going around in there like if you're with a bunch of kids maybe not now that i'm older and my kids are older but mm-hmm. i used to be able to hear my kids out of 25 30 kids screaming i would know which one was mine Right. It was the loudest, but um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. uh, the enemy is going to be screaming at you all the time and saying all those things. But when you know the voice of God, you can recognize the enemy and just, you don't allow him access to you. Right. And, and, and I think there's also a level of um, taking responsibility for your lack of submission, taking responsibility for your sin. <laughs> yeah. Because that's good it's, it's a sin. Let's just call it what it is to not submit is a sin mm-hmm. to not have a submissive attitude sin. Right. Um, uh, and we have to take responsibility for that. We got to confront that in ourselves That's and if you will let the Holy spirit work on you. He will work on you, work, work you over. <laughs> he will do all of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and ask me how I know. Um, but we, we have to take responsibility for that. And yeah. so anybody listening can be like, okay, all right. I don't, you know, let me just talk to the Lord about this and see what he has to right. say. Let him and, and take responsibility yeah. when he says something, don't get defensive, just right. and lean into him. And you can, I can tell you, I am 53. Or, no, I'm not. I'm 52. I'm 52, <laughs> not 53. 
I'm 52 years old and I have been a dedicated and committed believer since I was 20. And I can tell you that God is good. God is faithful. God is able and he is trustworthy. That's good. So a submissive wife knows that and she can lean into God. And mm-hmm. of course she is a woman of prayer. Mm-hmm. And she's not a woman who takes her complaints about her husband to everybody that will listen. She takes them mm-hmm. to the Lord and lets him filter those things out and mm-hmm. t- gives her back what's true and guides her gently leads those uh, yeah. mothers. I, I love that scripture that he gently leads us and, and he okay. will, he'll do this. It's supernatural because that we didn't get to talk about first Peter where it says, um, be submissive. And then husbands, I'm totally not quoting it properly, but be submissive. And then husbands who are disobedient to the word will be changed and impacted. So that tells me that the, the act of submission, the attitude of submission is a supernatural act that changes things. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, in the natural, but it's a principle from the word of God. It's a supernatural law. So our husbands will be impacted by our submissive hearts. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It goes contrary to what you think. You mm-hmm. think, well, if I want him to change, I got to help him change. Mm-hmm. But what the word says is if you want him to change, then you be gentle, you be kind, mm-hmm. you respond with submission. And that in itself, I guess, because that takes so much trust in God, you know, releases the power of God to work from the inside exactly. out and without worrying about what it looks like on the outside. That is good. Those are good words, Jackie. Thank you. I think you knocked this submission thing out of the park. So good. What Maybe a great we bring my husband on here, ask him what he yeah, thinks about it. <laughs> give a, give a no, scorecard. I'm not letting mine come in. He'd be like, are you kidding me? What in the world? <laughs> That's good. Well, we're going to wrap this up by me echoing what uh, Jackie said, because I loved it. She said she'd been a Christian for many, many years since you were 20 years old, you said, mm-hmm. and God is good. God is faithful. God is able. God is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Those are some statements that we can take with us everywhere we go from this point forward. That's good stuff. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Prayer Clinic Podcast. Besides talking about the truth about women this summer, I want to remind you that the Prayer Clinic is an intercessory prayer ministry that will literally mobilize your church to pray. I'm not sure there's anything that you can do in your church that would be any more powerful than um, mobilizing your people to pray. And what can be more powerful in doing that than and tracking your prayers and being able to celebrate the miraculous things that God does in response to our prayers. Since we have begun the prayer clinic ministry at our church, we've prayed with hundreds of people and been able to celebrate just many, many answers to prayer. And it's a it's a boost to our own faith. It's a boost to the faith of the people, obviously, whose prayers are being answered. But it's also a boost to the whole faith of your entire congregation 
congregation. So if you want to learn more about the prayer clinic ministry and how you can get a prayer clinic started at your church, check out our website at www.prayerclinic.com. And um, you can reach out to us. We're here to answer any questions you might have. And um, we also look forward to seeing you again or, I guess, uh, visiting with you again in next week's episode in the Truth About Women podcast. uh, Well, it's the Truth About Women series on the Prayer Clinic podcast when I'll be interviewing Christy McClellan. Christy McClellan is an amazing teacher of the Bible, but mostly because she is um, a, an expert really in the cultural context of scripture. And so she and I are going to talk about, um, what the role of women was like in the early church. And we're going to discuss some of the passages of the new Testament scripture that have been used to, um, demoralize or to devalue women and to diminish their role in the church. And instead we're going to shine some light on that and show, um, what, what, what it means. Christy's gonna, she's brilliant and she's going to bring all that brilliance to us. So I'm looking forward to you meeting Christy and us having that time together. Um, uh, Between now and then, just keep on praying and be sure to share this podcast with others. We'll talk to you soon.